these two were my favorite Panchitos so far. Oh Ken my gosh, they're so cute. And Helen, like her little missing teeth, like she's missing her yeah. baby teeth. Yes. So freaking cute. One, two, three, four. Monster movie. Fun time, go! 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 With Precious D and Honey Bee. Fun time, go! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am the other one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Welcome back, everybody. Today's movie is Gamera versus Zegra. Gamera, Gamera. It is from 1971. Ayo, it's 71, baby. In color, 87 minutes. Budget is 35 million. I do not have a box office. Directed by Noriaki Yuasa. He is the same dude, the guy, the main director for the Gamera the dude. film series. You know, you know the dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, directed. Dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. He's directed. We're all dudes. Sorry. <laughs> He's directed either all or most of the Gamera movies that we've seen. Yay. This is our seventh Gamera movie, question mark? Yes, it is the seventh. The previous one was Gamera versus Jiger, and the next one is Gamera Super Monster, and then there will be a bit of a break until 1995. A little Gamera break. Actually, there's a great, well, there's a break now, uh, because Super Monster doesn't come out until 1980. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So there's a nine-year break, and then there's a break between 1980 and 1995, 15-year break. So, and that starts the, that's the Heisei era. We're still in the Showa Heisei. era. Gamma Super Monster will still be in the Showa era, and then we'll be in the Heisei era. Wow. So, yeah, we're running low on Gamma movies. We're trucking on through, brother. There is not nearly as many Gamera movies as there are Godzilla movies. But as we announced a few weeks ago, there's a new Gamera something on the horizon. We still don't know if it's a movie or, so excited. A, or a series or if it's live action or cartoon. But we'll see. We'll take it. Yeah, This one stars Iko Yanami as Woman X slash... Chicago Sugawara? Mm-hmm. Space babe. Yes, yes. Reiko <laughs> Kashahara as Kyoko Ishikawa. Mikoko Tsubuchi as Mrs. Ishikawa. Koji Fujiyama as Tom Wallace? Mm-hmm. I don't remember them ever actually saying his name in the movie yeah they do call him tom at one point they call him tom okay yeah they or they don't call him tom but they say look what you did to tom <laughs> or like what did you do to tom or something like that is samu saiki saki as dr yosuku yosuke ishikawa yasushi sakagami as 
Kenichi Ishikawa, or Ken. Kenichi! Kenichito! Arlene Zollner as Margie Wallace, and Gloria Zollner as Helen Wallace. Aw, Helen is Shin so cute. Minatsu as Kenichi. Are there two Kenichis? I don't who's this who's this other Ken is Well, I thought Ken what Ken Ichi was the was the boy. Just the little boy. Maybe his his dad or something. Most of the time in the subtitles they're calling him Ken. His mother mm-hmm. calls him Kenichi. So maybe his father is also Yeah. Ken. But then who's Kyoko? Oh. Weird. There's a bunch of Ishikawas, so they all must be the one family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused now that I read these. Same. <laughs> these credits. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> and I was a little sure. confused. I was a little ethnically confused throughout this movie. I don't know why. It doesn't matter. But, you know, when they fir- when the, when they when I first find out this girl's name is Helen, I'm like, Helen? What? Why is this little Japanese girl named Helen? Helen, my grandmother's name, by the way. I don't remember the the name Wallace coming up at any point in the movie. I, I don't remember Wallace either, but I do remember Tom and then I and then the little boy's name being Ken. So I guess I didn't think Helen was that weird since her brother or since his name was Ken. I was just like, okay. Right. Ken well, and, and Helen. Then, and Margie. <laughs> so it looks to me but so uh Margie and Helen though are played by Arlene Zollner and Gloria Zollner, so presumably they're actually related in real life, because that is not mm-hmm. a common name. So as I'm watching this, I'm like, is is this little girl um, mixed? I assumed I assumed watching it that she was a Japanese girl. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, her parents appear Japanese, but supposedly their name is Wallace, according to this. Hmm. But Tom Tom Wallace is played by Koji Fujiyama. That is that is a Japanese name. Mm-hmm. Um. Her, uh, the mother, I don't see her here in the credits, but the mother appeared to be Japanese. My point is the two daughters look mixed, but their parents look fully Japanese. These things the do The older happen. daughter, they, they do. I just wonder, was mom stepping out? <laughs> oh my gosh. Or are these children from a previous marriage? I don't know. <laughs> Mind your damn business. <laughs> I think what is most likely is that the casting director just didn't give a shit. But I noticed that Margie, again, I'm like, Margie, why is her name Margie? Margie says several full sentences in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Helen speaks English, too, uh, towards the end of the movie. She says some things in English as well. She's mostly speaking Japanese, but we do hear her say a few things in English, which mm-hmm. makes me think that maybe just the actress's English was better than her Japanese. Or if mm. the actresses themselves, their last name is Zolder, but maybe their mother is Japanese. Maybe their father is an American who lives over there and their mother is Japanese. And so maybe they're just actually bilingual and she just slips into English or it would seem weird that the director would tell her, say this line in English. Hmm. I just found it all interesting. I'm not upset. <laughs> I just was, you know, I'm not angry about it or anything. I was just uh, like, what's wait, what's going on here with, with these kids? I did not 
really think that far into it. I was you just didn't like, notice I just any of that? It. I mean, yeah, okay. yeah, I I like noticed that the little girl didn't look at like as Japanese as like the other people, and her name was Helen. But it didn't like I didn't think like well, I wonder <laughs> fixate if on her it. Mom was fucking the milkman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just like, oh. It? It just, it just, yeah, it was like in and out. So here's the thing. If I saw this in a movie that was made today, I probably never would have thought much about it. Yeah, totally. It's just the fact that it's, this is made back in 1971. It's just not But they still do look Japanese. They totally look Japanese. They're right. Did you not think so? I thought Helen did, but Margie, I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, I was, because her hair is a lot lighter than everybody else. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, is she even Japanese? And then when I look closer, I'm like, mm, I think she's I think she's mixed. Hmm. So um, I, I just found it all very interesting there. Of course, after, due to the American occupation of Japan, <laughs> there were a lot of mixed families. A lot of Americans ended up marrying Japanese ladies. A lot of American soldiers ended up marrying Japanese women. Mm-hmm. I know this not just because historically, but my mother grew up for a few years in Japan. Her father oh, cool. was in the military. Her has this not come up before? Her father stayed so. in the military after the. Her father stayed in the military after the war, and they lived there for a few years. Oh. And spent she spent some of her early childhood there and actually spoke Japanese. She's forgotten most of it now, but till she was like four or five, something like that. She wasn't born there, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she did live there for a while. Uh so uh, this is this just came up, you know, over the years. <laughs> Things like this have mm-hmm. come up. A lot of them uh married local girls and probably some of them stayed there. And I'm sure there's over the years has been, you know, the thing is, there's just not as much of that in Japan as there is in America. Yeah, there definitely isn't. isn't Japan as has a that. tendency to be very, let's say, ethnically homogenized. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot less common, particularly in 1971. So mm-hmm. it just stood. It just stood out to me. That's all I'm saying. I've been talking about this for quite some time now. So, <laughs> having said all that. I found these kids adorable. These they are these so two, adorable. These two were my favorite Panchitos so far. Oh Ken my gosh, they're so cute. And Helen, like her little missing teeth, like she's missing her yeah. baby teeth. Yes. So freaking cute. This was the other thing that confused me though. They keep calling Ken Ken does not appear to be mixed at all. And but they keep calling him Ken. And I was like, what? Why is he Ken? But maybe maybe, maybe he's mixed also and he just happens to look more Japanese right. than his. Well, but his parents, we definitely see both of his parents and they don't. But it could just be that Kanichi is a name and they're just calling him Ken. And it just coincidentally sounds like an English name. It might mm-hmm. not have anything to do with anything. Helen, obviously, very, very English name. <laughs> Helen and Marge. Mm hmm. But uh, but Ken might just be a coincidence. Anyway, I love these two kids. They Same. were great. I thought there was something about them that just seemed very natural. Mm-hmm. They didn't come off as like they were acting like some of the other Panchitos we've gotten. <laughs> they just they were um they're they were also fairly young. Yeah, they were a lot younger. 
They're, Especially I think they were younger from the than last most... Gamera movie, because the last Gamera movie yeah, we where, watched, were the kids old. were significantly older. Yeah. <laughs> so they they overcorrected in the other direction, <laughs> but it worked because they yeah, were totally. they were it fucking. Uh, I loved them. They were great. They were great. And they were great. as you may know, I'm not in general a fan of the Panchito, but I love these two. Mm-hmm. They were great. They made the movie for me. So <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into the plot of Gamera versus Zegra. From Wikipedia, thank you, Wikipedia. In 1985, this was a problem. In 1985, without (laughs) warning, an alien spaceship attacks a Japanese moon base. So right off the bat, uh, there's a little bit of an issue. The did the movie even say it was 1985, or did it just say in the future? It just said in the future. Or if it did say 1985, I totally missed that. I did not know that until this very moment. It was like in the future. The space travel becomes common and there's moon bases and stuff. Yet mm-hmm. later in the movie, they explicitly say that it's 1971. Uh, <laughs> whoopsie. In the far distant future of this year. So I don't, because there's a part where the kids think that they may have time traveled. We'll go into more detail about that in a minute, when we get to it. But they think they might have time traveled, and then they find out, no, we're in 1971, and they have not time traveled. And it's not this. The plot is not that they've traveled from 85 to 71. The plot is that you know you're still where you were when you left, and they say that it's 1971. <laughs> so we have a problem here. We have a continuity error. Little error. continuity issue. <laughs> But it's okay. But it doesn't matter because I love these kids so much. Uh, anyway, a spaceship attacks the mo- the moon base back on Earth. Young Kenichi uh, Ishikawa. Kenichito. It says Kenny in the English dubbed version. Uh, Ishikawa, his father, Doctor Yosuke Henry in the English dubbed version, Ishikawa, and his friend Helen Wallace and her father, Doctor Tom Wallace, witness the spaceship descending into the ocean. They go to investigate, but are soon captured by a teleportation beam that brings them aboard the spaceship. It just teleports their whole little rowboat into the spaceship. (laughs) So this is the kind of nonsense we have seen in previous, multiple times in previous Gamera movies. But this time it's okay, because I love these kids so much. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so glad. Because uh, I I loved it. I also love these kids. Uh, and I'm really, uh, there's not one Gamera movie that I've seen that I don't like. I think I usually like them more than you do. But yeah. I think this one, you might you might like this one a little more. I don't know, because I really did enjoy it. But yeah, everything is... everything can be excusable with those little babies. Just smiles. They're this just is... so happy and just so like, yay. <laughs> this one is my favorite. And it's all because of these two kids. Nice. Aww. Inside the spaceship, a human-looking woman appears to them and reveals that she is of an alien race called the Zegrins. I think they just say Zegra. Space babe. And she's wearing, you know, very much green a space tights. babe outfit. Yep, green <laughs> skin-tight outfit. And glittery, very glittery, shiny outfit. By way of demonstrating Zegrin technological prowess, she creates a gigantic earthquake that wreaks havoc in Japan. She had previously caused two other earthquakes, one in Peru and the other in Arabia. In the English mm-hmm. dub version, it mentions instead the Indian Ocean. 
She then tells her prisoners of the planet Zegra's history and its great scientific advances, which unfortunately have resulted in its destruction. But in searching for a new home, Zegra has found Earth. And as we know, because we've watched these movies before, space babes be crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's also a bunch of stuff. So the main concern of this movie is not space babes, but pollution. What the movie's really about is uh, pollution. Just like how Godzilla is really about atomic bombs, this movie is really Mm -hmm. about pollution, which was a big concern in the 70s. It's still a concern, but now... Our concern now is uh, global warming and climate change, Mm -hmm. which pollution is part of that. But in the 70s, it was more like pollution itself is is the problem. Am I making mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Uh, they were not that it wasn't a problem. It was a problem. But it was more it was more like, oh, we're making everything so dirty. Mm-hmm. And they didn't seem to make the connection that and by making it dirty, we might increase the temperature of the planet. Mm. <laughs> or we might kill off various species and stuff. It just seemed more like, oh, everything's dirty and isn't that isn't that bad that it's pick up that trash, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> give a hoot, don't pollute. Rather than, uh, rather than by spewing toxins into the air, we may be changing the environment. It was more, hey, there's a bunch of junk on the ground and there's a bunch of junk floating in the ocean and. Uh, uh, that's that's icky, mm-hmm. but it's a bigger. I think it's a it's a bigger problem than than that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. That's just how it came, living in the '70s. That's how it seemed at the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what the so that these the Zegrins. It appears they're ocean creatures. They polluted their oceans. Now they're looking for new oceans because we're polluting our oceans. They're they, I guess, have learned their lesson and they're going to take our oceans from us. We fucked up our oceans. We see that you're fucking up our yours. We're going to take them from you before you can totally ruin them because we need them. Yeah, it was they're weird when they, they kind of gave this like explanation of like, well, humans live on land and they eat things in the ocean and we live in oh, the man. ocean. So we eat things on land. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, that is just. That's nonsense because we also eat things that are on land. We don't exclusively eat things that are in the ocean. Exactly. That makes no goddamn sense. And how many things that live in the ocean come up onto land to get food and then take it back into the ocean? Zegrins. Yeah, sure. A crocodile (laughs) might come up out of its river or whatever to get something off the land and go back into the water, but he's not coming up out of the see yeah and it was weird that we had this kind of like parallel storyline i guess or it all connects but like the whole sea world bit i was like oh yeah that was that oh geez i forgot about that for a moment everybody in this movie works at or near sea world (laughs) which is clearly sea world in 1971 Mm-hmm. So that was the other thing that is so, oh, moon bases and space travels come and, and then cut to SeaWorld. <laughs> and uh, they're, you know, doing SeaWorld stuff, feeding the orcas and, mm-hmm. and things like that. 
what yeah one of the kids mothers works there i think and everybody I think the works science there is, i think the science yeah the science that the fathers are doing is connected to sea world so uh this is a sea world town <laughs> everybody here works at the sea world factory she uh anyway she then tells her prisoners of the planet zegra's history and its great scientific advances which unfortunately have resulted in its destruction but in searching for a new home zegra has found earth the woman contacts authorities on Earth and orders them to surrender or she will kill her prisoners. Tom declares that the Zegrin woman is insane and in anger she sends the two men into a hypnotic trance. I love this. I love that she's like, snap! And they're like, <clears throat> like they just like go to yeah. sleep and then she just like walks Standing them up. and they just like walk yep. over to wherever she leads yeah. them. I just like, okay, get it space babe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kenichi and Helen take action successfully using the ship's control console to escape with their fathers. Uh, So at this point in the Gamera series, we are just full blown. These are children's movies. The children are the stars. Gamera Mm -hmm. is a friend of children and Gamera is just a straight up fucking superhero now. Yeah. I think they see see Gamera fly by at this point, don't they? Before yeah, yeah, yeah. He, up. he flies by right before the shit hits the fan. Kind of like in the last yeah. film, how you were like, why did he even like come? Like, how did he know something it was very much like that? Like, right. all of a sudden he was there and then like the kids need him. So yeah. super cute. I also love in this little part that we're at here where the space babe is like talking to the kids and the dads, how she says like, kid like oh kids they come to conclusions faster than adults because blah 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 and that's another thing we see in these movies is like the kids always write the kids leading the show the kids and i just love that so much i love it yeah love it it is weird that the fathers they get beamed onto this ship and they're like what's going what do you mean aliens what's going i'm like dude you just got teleported why are you Also, you live in Gamera world. You They see Gamera and they're like, oh, it's Gamera. Look, you know, they're not surprised to see Gamera. Everybody in this world knows Gamera exists. So mm-hmm. therefore, they know that aliens have come here before. Yeah. But, the, <laughs> yeah. but for some reason, the two fathers are skeptical that they might be on an alien spaceship. <laughs> Even though one moment you were in the ocean and then the next moment you're on you're in, in a room somewhere obviously in a spaceship uh but yeah the kids the kids just immediately know understand and believe what's going on <laughs> uh but when gamma flies by they play as a he's like he's just superman now he flies by and they play his theme song <laughs> just like superman superman gamma rock but at this point i i you know, I'm I'm on board. I'm like, okay, fine. Kaiju's a superhero. Great. <laughs> yeah, and it's really funny because there's this point where Gamera, like, you know, destroys the, like, enemy and he, like, fire and it just, like, turns to ash and then the kids are like, yay! It's just, like, so funny how dangerous and, like, scary Gamera yeah. really could be, but right. he's just like, just like, but yay, okay. Gamera did the thing! <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Uh, so they, so they get, they get away. The kids somehow know what button to hit to teleport away. This is so funny too, because they, they drag their dads into the boat. (laughs) 
I don't know why where Lady went. She she wanders off. She's still there, but she no, she's standing there, but she's somehow also frozen. Like she's standing in the corner of the room, like also. Oh, the kids touch. The kids touch something. The kids, when they're running away, they touch something. Mm -hmm. Sort of accidentally, and it ends up freezing her too. Mm -hmm. So they drag the dads into the boat, and then there's, (laughs) and they're. You know, the girl's like, oh, go hit that green button. And he's like, oh, yeah, this one. OK. And she's like, oh, quick, get back in the boat. OK, I'm coming. Don't they get in the boat. And, you know, there's enough of a delay on the teleportation button that he can get back in the boat and they go back to Earth. So then Zegra, who at this point we don't really because they sort of use the term interchangeably for the planet and the species and mm-hmm. the woman and the thing, the kaiju that we'll see later. Mm-hmm. Zegra gets mad and orders the woman to go to Earth to kill the children. And we kind of see Zegra's face up at the top of the room. Yeah. His beak, uh, as it were. So she says it would be simpler to kill all the people in Japan. <laughs> but Zegra tells her that humans must be preserved so they can be used for food. Mm-hmm. Now Gamera, intent on discovering the identity of the alien interloper flies in to save the day and rescue the children and their fathers he just picks we up we gotta the talk boat. about this yeah it's so <laughs> cute but we gotta talk about this moment first from when they, they first teleport like from the uh, boat like in the spaceship to back into the ocean and they mm. need to start their little like motor boat and the girl's like come on start the boat and he's like the little boy's like, oh, I'm trying. And Helen's like, you can start that. You can work a spaceship, but you can't work a motorboat. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, I could do the spaceship, but motorboats aren't really my bag. <laughs> that's like a quote. That is an official quote. I mean, in English anyways, that's what the English version says. Like, I can do the spaceship, but motorboats aren't really my bag. I was like laughing so hard. That's so funny. Right. But the the actual problem is that he can't pull the cord Fast enough. Fast enough, yeah. Where he just had to push a button in the spaceship. Yeah, it was so cute. He's just not strong enough to start the motor. (laughs) The poor kid. Hi, this is Linda Miller, and you are listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Yeah, Gamera just, like, flies in and picks up the boat and then carries it to an (laughs) island somewhere. This is when they think they've time traveled. Rescue the children and their fathers. The uh yeah the, the summary jumps to the talking to the UN but I want to talk about the moment they have on the island. He mm-hmm. he picks them up and then just puts them down somewhere mm-hmm. on a little island or is it near a lighthouse or something? I don't. Know. I might be mixing my movies together, but he just sets them down at the the closest piece of land that he can find. Mm-hmm. The fathers are still stunned. They're still unconscious or in a it's trance, sleeping or whatever. Yeah. So the kids get out and like, okay, where are we? Let's look around. And they see this guy who looks a little crazy crazy scientist type kind of guy that we see that guy. No, no, not that he's, he's, well, he's like a, no, he looks more like a disheveled homeless guy, but in old fashioned clothing. Yeah. I just meant like the character like itself. Like he's, he's the wacky, like medicine man character. Oh yeah. yeah, The wacky, like, ah, Yes, he's he's got crazy hair. His clothes look kind of tattered. <laughs> he's carrying a staff, I think. Mm-hmm. And so they see this guy, and because of the way he's dressed, they think, well, maybe when we teleported, we also traveled in time. <laughs> because he looks like some sort of ancient 
Japanese guy. And they have a little bit of a comedy routine with this dude. And at some point ask him what year it is. And that's when he tells them it's 1971. Wow. wow. And then they're like, oh, so we didn't time travel. And he's like, oh, I see. No. And gives some weird explanation of why the people that live on this island still dress in traditional clothes, (laughs) which didn't make any sense to me. And he explains the name, what the name of the island is, and then somehow that's connected to, and that's why we dress this way. And I'm like, what? That made no sense. The weird thing is, though, in a lot of these movies so far, we've seen that there is a mixture of modern dress and traditional dress. Maybe by 1971, it's getting less, mm-hmm. but I think it just struck me as a little weird that they were so confused by his outfit. <laughs> maybe it's the fact that it doesn't look fancy that mm-hmm. it's so tattered i don't know i don't know it's not important i just <laughs> maybe it's one of those things where like because you're a kid it's kind of like you know when you're a kid and you go to school and you think your teachers are like ancient but then you like turn 30 <laughs> and realize all your teachers were just like in their 30s <laughs> right <laughs> like maybe it's one of those things where they're just like whoa like what what are you like what year are you from just because like the perspective of the child but really it's just like a normal ass guy right <laughs> uh so anyway and then they just are suddenly back at UN headquarters so somebody somehow they've uh found found them uh i mean they were communicating with the world from the ship <laughs> so I guess they were looking for them. I don't know. But they're at UN headquarters. And after questioning Kenshi and Helen, oh, and the whole, uh, there's some, you know, general or soldier of some kind who's asking the questions. And it looks like there's a bunch of reporters and various people around and their and their mothers are there asking them questions. And just their whole question and answer thing was pretty funny. The answers that they're giving was pretty funny. Adorable. So anyway, they after questioning them, they resolve the UN authorities resolve to attack Zegra. The defense force jets scramble, and the Zegran spaceship makes short work of them with its powerful lasers. The alien woman arrives on Earth, disguised as a normal human, and begins her search for Kenshi and Helen. Is her human disguise it, just a bikini, or it is <laughs> okay? <bikini>. So. <laughs> She beams down to Earth in her obvious space lady outfit, sees on, onto a beach where where there's a couple of young women who have been out, you know, on the beach in bikinis. And they're about to leave and they run into her and she does her little hypno eyes. She's got this, her hypnosis thing. She, her eyes light up and she snaps at you and mm-hmm. you're in a trance. So her idea of the way to blend in <laughs> is to steal somebody's bikini <laughs> and then just go walking down the street in her bikini. And I think she takes the towel also. She does take it, but she eventually loses it and is just in the <laughs> bikini. So this to me was very much, this is a kid's movie, but uh, let's put a little something in there for the dads who have to take their kids to the movie. Something to keep the dads entertained is that what was happening yes i'm pretty sure that's what was happening you see this in uh 
Doctor Who, old classic Doctor Who that was generally perceived as a kids show. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the companion, doctor, the Doctor's companion, was sometimes perceived as a little something for the dads. Oh, so spice. <laughs> yeah, uh, make that skirt a little shorter for the dads. Make that shirt a little lower cut for the dads. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's just running down the street in a bikini and hitches a ride. She hitches a ride with uh, Kamogawa, SeaWorld Dolphin Trainer, back to the facility, which the military is now using as its center of operations. Because why not? Like you do. Uh, Don't we have a base nearby? Yeah, but let's use SeaWorld, (laughs) because that's where the kids live, so (laughs) we'll set up base here. And was was there some sort of a promotional agreement between the production and SeaWorld, maybe? Maybe. You know? Seems like, because they do mention it by name. Mm-hmm. They say SeaWorld. They don't say some made-up park. That would make sense. She finds the two children, but before she can catch them, they run away from her. And she does switch into a more practical outfit. She's still somebody else's clothes <laughs> yeah. when she arrives at SeaWorld. Although it does seem like maybe SeaWorld is a place where it's not inappropriate to be in a bikini. Mm, maybe, maybe not completely, entirely. I don't know. I've never been. I haven't, but I've been to similar things and it seems like maybe there's water attractions i don't know i think I mean, you get like splashed nearby. with water anyway they put the poor actress in no more practical outfit <laughs> gamma begins an underwater assault on the zegrin spaceship which transforms into a giant swordfish like monster when hit by gamma's flame breath so basically he burns the ship away from the outside of the creature it's kind of like he was wearing the ship as a mm-hmm. spacesuit. Yeah. Which, by the way, the ship kind of looks like um, like a cat bowl of fruity pebbles. <laughs> I described it as the gumdrop spaceship. It looked like a bunch of gumdrops had been glued onto a dome. Yeah. Yeah. With lights underneath. So, Zegra grows larger and larger and finally halts the heroic turtle with a ray that suspends his cell activity. He, he puts a whammy on him, freezes him. He's just getting bigger because our ocean pressure is different. Yeah, that's what he that says. The water pressure that, is yeah. different. <laughs> water pre- yeah, I'm like, how? The water pressure would be different if their planet were a different size from Earth and therefore had a less gravity or more gravity that would make it different. That's true. I don't see how that means he just starts to inflate and get bigger. <laughs> Water pressure would have to be less for him to get bigger, I would think. Yeah. Something uh, else that I noticed in this movie, though, that um, Gamera only uses his back to jets in this whole film. He doesn't use all four ever. He only uses his back to and then has his like arms out straight. Right. Well, that's because he's Superman now. So he yeah. doesn't do his spinning <laughs> spaceship flying. He does mm-hmm. Superman flying through the air. <laughs> They may as well just put a cape on him. <laughs> yeah, he uses his back jets with his arms out in front of him because he's a superhero now and not a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Immobilized, Gamera sinks into the sea. Zegra then makes contact with the people of Earth, saying that they should give up and surrender all the seas to it. Back at SeaWorld, the dolphin trainer and the facility's scientists discover a way to break the alien's hypnotic control with sonic waves. Thus, they manage to disable the Zegrin woman, only to learn that she is actually an Earth woman named Chikako Sugawara. 
Chicago. Apparently they call her Laura Lee in the English dubbed version. Who had been in a moon rover during the initial lunar attack and was captured and used by Zegra. So she's just a victim of Zegra as well. Mm -hmm. So now we get to like Space Babe because she's not really Space Babe. She's just Earth Babe. Now she's an Earth Babe. Doctors Wallace and Ishikawa employ a bathysphere in an attempt to wake Gamera, only to find that Kenshi and Helen have fucking <laughs> stowed away on board. These two little... Th I mean, I was not surprised for a moment when they... And I'm like, but I was like, these two fucking Ponchitos, what the hell, man? <laughs> that is some serious Ponchito behavior. Yes. Uh, they just come out of the back and they're like, hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Zegra suddenly attacks them and again demands the immediate surrender of Earth or it will destroy the bathysphere. Because, yes, few billion people should surrender their entire planet to save these four dum-dums. <laughs> the UN commander reluctantly agrees to the alien term aliens terms because we do in fact negotiate with terrorists <laughs> damn it i mean that's what they're doing they're, yeah they're absolutely they're a terrorist makes a threat against four people and they say all right we give up the planet an electrical storm approaches the bay and a couple of lightning bolts revive gamera because why not who stealthily takes the bathysphere i mean that's what lightning does it brings things back to life it doesn't mm -hmm. kill people because Frankenstein takes the bath. <laughs> I love this part. A couple lightning bolts revive Gamera, who stealthily takes the bathysphere from the seafloor when Zegra is not looking <laughs> and returns it to the surface. Zegra is taking a snooze on the ocean floor and Gamera is just sneaking up on the bathysphere. And then he's like, he's like, doop, doop. Oh, oh, is he waking up? No. And he backs up a little bit and he's like, oh, nope, there he is. He reaches out and he's like, yoink. That's so And funny. this was so fucking stupid, but so hilarious that I just loved it. Like the way he like yoinks him up and then turns around and like waddles off. Like, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Gamera and Zegra face off a final time and Zegra, using its superior versatility underwater, slices Gamera's chest with its blade-like dorsal fin. He, see, cuts him pretty deep. I, he's bleeding. Yeah, it's crazy, this part, like, because I was like, dang, like, we've seen Gamera, like, go through some crazy-ass shit with his shell and not be this hurt, but he just slices right through him. I was like, dang, yeah, I, he's, like, bleeding yeah. in the water. Oof. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an undershell, which is not quite as hard as his top shell but it's still it seemed to cut but through it's so it pretty hard, easily yeah 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 uh gamera takes hold of zegra flies into the air with it and then drops it at high speed slamming the alien monster onto land <laughs> zegra stands up awkwardly on its tail fins in order oh, to fight God, gamera this. this this was so funny because this was like the moment where it was like where it goes from like a toy zipping around Gamera to man in a suit. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gamera further incapacitates Zegra by jamming a boulder through its nose, pinning it to the ground. Gamera grabs another boulder and uses it like a mallet used to play a xylophone to play <laughs> the Gamera theme on Zegra's dorsal 
fins. Oh my god. This was insane. So they say dorsal fins. He's got sort of multiple finny spiky things on his back of different sizes. So mm-hmm. Gamera so therefore they make different tones when he plays them like a xylophone and plays his own goddamn theme song. <laughs> This is another one of those moments where it's like, Gamera's such a like savage, like he's such a badass. But then like the you turn around and the kids are like, yay, 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 Gamera! And the kids <laughs> yell out, Gamera, use your fire breath. And apparently, Gamera just understands Japanese now. It's like you're right, Ken. I'd yeah. love to use my fire breath. <laughs> oh, Helen. Finally, Gamera kills Zegra by setting its body on fire with his flame breath, reducing it to ashes in a massive conflagration. (laughs) The end. Was there any, I don't remember, was there any little wrap up or does it just give us a the end over the flaming over the ashes it's like the it like flames up he goes into flames and then it turns into ashes and then like the ashes kind of like float like kind of like blow away and it's just like a black spot on the ground and then it just like pan the camera pans to gamma and he's like and it's like yay and then it's like the red japanese letters of like the end (laughs) uh so that is Gamera versus Zegra. Yay! Your favorite Gamera film. <laughs> uh, I think it just finally reached a, a critical mass. <laughs> or it, it reached a tipping point for me. Gamera's wearing you down. <laughs> well, it just, it reached a point where it became so stupid that it was incredible. Mm. But mostly these two kids in particular. I just loved them. I found most of our other Panchitos annoying, but I loved these two kids. And I think it was not just that they were young and cute, but also just the naturalness of their performance. Mm-hmm. Whereas the original Panchito, he's very much acting. Yeah, for sure. He's I don't believe I don't believe him for a moment. He is very much a young actor in a movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Whereas these kids just seem like a couple of actual kids that are actually doing all this shit. And I loved them. Yeah. Loved them. I did love them as well. I really love the uh, Kaiju Zegra Kaiju in this. I didn't really think about swordfish. Um, I was thinking he was more like sharky than swordfish. He's probably one of my favorite. He's my favorite, like, kaiju that Gamera has fought, for sure, because I love sharks, and they are one of my very (laughs) most favorite animals, so I really loved... Like, as soon as I saw him come out, and he was, like, zipping around in the water, I was, like, 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 screaming, like, oh, my God, is it a shark? (laughs) Like, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I love the bad guy. I don't want to love the bad guy, but I love the bad guy. I really liked. um, (laughs) So I think it's my favorite kaiju that Gamera has fought thus far. I don't know if they're my favorite Ponchitos. I do love them, but I love most Ponchitos. I don't find them as annoying as you do, so I don't know if they're my favorite, but... (laughs) Zegra is a little bit shark, a little bit swordfish, and then he's got a beak under mm-hmm. his sword. So 
he's a he's a mashup uh but yeah definitely uh shark like coloration mm-hmm. but definitely but definitely big old point on his schnoz and mm-hmm. a beak underneath that so loved uh, loved it i don't love sharks as much as you do i don't dislike sharks but i'm not super into them so i didn't really love his design but it, i didn't hate it either it was just it was just okay nice so what are you going to give how many stars? Uh, still Gamera still four Zebra. for me. Still four stars for me. Cameras are usually four stars for me. I really enjoy them. I, I really like them a lot. I'm going to give it four, maybe even five. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, if five means I loved it, the thing is... Uh... <laughs> Like, as far as Gamera movies, you loved it. But as far as movies goes, a four. Well, here's the thing. I loved those kids. But do I feel I need to watch this movie again sometime? (laughs) Not sure. Because most five-star movies for me are movies that I'm going to watch again. Mm -hmm. So I think think I'm going to have to give it a four. But all four stars are for those two kids. <laughs> all four of those stars go to the two kids. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, oh, God. When the woman is chasing them around SeaWorld, it's just so, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so there, she's chasing them around a pool. They're hiding behind stuff. The guy that works at Sea. There's a whole thing with the... The city's evacuating at one point, and the guy who is the dolphin trainer and the guy who manages the hotel at SeaWorld are, are fighting over some fish because he wants to feed them to the dolphins, but the manager wants to feed them to his guests. He's like, what guests? The city's been evacuated. Like, there's, <laughs> as long as there's one guest left, I will stay at the hotel. So I guess there was one guest left. I mean, the army set up base there so i maybe he needs to feed them i don't know but that was well, all he was kinda... talking about the animals i thought i thought he was staying to feed the animals no the the there so the the two guys are fighting the 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 dolphin trainer and an orchid trainer he wants to feed he wants some they're in the market and they're arguing over who's going to buy these fish he's gonna he wants them one guy wants them for the animals and the other guy wants them for the hotel guests. They both no. work for SeaWorld, but they're arguing about which of them get the fish <laughs> okay. to feed to whom. So I had, I thought that whole bit was kind of funny. I enjoyed, funny. I enjoyed that thing that was going on there. <clears throat> um, yeah, but they are both actually SeaWorld employees. And meanwhile, <laughs> the the fishmonger is like, uh, eventually is like, just take him. I'm getting out of here because, you know, there's kaiju <laughs> attacking. He's like, all right, whatever, bye. So he ends up not getting paid by either of them. I don't know what got me. I, for some reason, talking about the chase around SeaWorld reminded me that there's other SeaWorld shit going on as well <laughs> in this in this movie. So, yeah. All right. My final rating is a four. Nice. Same. Four for me as well. Folks, Gamera versus Zegra is available on Amazon Prime, and I think it's also maybe on Tubi and Pluto. Check and make sure. Some of the Godzillas and some of the Gamers are on those services now, and some of them aren't. 
So uh, check. But it's definitely on Prime. Mm-hmm. Next week's movie will be Godzilla versus Hedorah. Yay! From, still from 1971. So we've we've had two from 70. We'll have two from 71. We'll have two from 72. And then for a little while we're going to have, let's see, then we'll have one from 73, one from 74, then two from 75, but one of them's U.S. We're, there, we're starting to get fewer movies per year. Mm-hmm. Then we were then we were getting back in the fifties and the sixties, so it's getting we're gonna we're gonna be hitting spreading a, out uh, a little bit, a thin patch, a dry <laughs> spell, a dry spell, which means we'll be moving through the years faster though, mm-hmm. we're starting to catch up. Yeah. So there you go, we may catch up to twenty twenty two faster than we realize. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. Please go on our socials, find us and uh, message us. Follow us on all the things. You can find links to all the things at mmftg.bio.link. Tell us what you thought of this movie. Still trying to give a Twitter giveaway if Twitter still exists by the time this episode comes out. Until then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Bye. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg. Excuse me. Excuse me. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I've been drinking soda today.